Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the place for pets. And they're people who love them. Aw, he's so soft. Come here, come here, boy. Here is your host, practicing veterinarian, veterinary news network reporter, and host of the popular YouTube show, The Web DVM, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I'm your host, Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian, coming to you live from the Florida Space Coast. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Tonight, we're going to be talking about anesthesia-free dentistry. A lot of you out there who are pet owners might have heard a thing or two about this. It's on the rise, and we're going to talk about that tonight going to talk about um, exactly what that entails, is it really possible, and what, what are the ramifications in terms of the implications with regard to the dental care of your pet. <clears throat> we have two email questions tonight, and I just want to remind everybody we are a live call-in show. The uh, calls have been scarce, but uh, I'm going to put out that number nonetheless. It is toll-free, 877-878-1435, 877-878-1435. Four, three, five. Please do give me a call anytime throughout this broadcast. We would love to hear what you have to say. But uh, bless the heart of my email uh, listeners that, that uh, e- take the time to email us their questions, comments, concerns. And uh, we have one such one to start the show this evening. This is Stephanie from Kansas City, Missouri. We found that interesting that Kansas City is actually in Missouri. This is uh, the question she had for me. Dr. Roger, I loved your series on alternative medicine. My one-year-old Rottweiler had a disease called hypertrophic osteodystrophy, has a disease, sorry, that comes in waves and makes him limp badly. Excuse me. The only thing that helps is an anti-inflammatory called Prevacox. Do you think that acupuncture or any of the other alternative treatments you talked about would help him? Thanks so much. I'm so happy I found your show. Uh, I do appreciate you listening, and I'm glad you found this as well. So, Hypertrophic osteodystrophy, let's talk about that for just for one moment. What what Stephanie's referring to is a disease that we see fairly commonly in large breed dogs. So we're talking about young large breed dogs that they're in a rapid growth cycle. Anybody who's had a Rottweiler or Labrador Retriever, Golden Retriever, Weimariner, you know, name your big dog, and especially our giant breed dogs, Newfoundlands, uh, Irish Wolfhounds, Mastiffs, dogs of that size, we do see it in them as well. And what, what's going on with these puppies is they're in a, a rapid growth cycle. And what we can see in some of these puppies is they actually develop an, a really nasty inflammation at the level of their growth plates. So rapid growth has a lot to do with it. Uh, so what we need to do is, is a couple of things. And, and Stephanie mentioned that she she gets Prevacox when the inflammation comes in waves. So we see it really prominently at the level of the, the knees and at the level of the wrists. Uh, so what you see is sometimes you'll actually physically see these areas swell, and it causes a lot of pain. Some of these dogs even run a fever and go off food. You know, so it's nothing to take lightly, and, and you know, certainly we need to deal with, you know, as I said in my alternative series, I'm very much a Western-trained doctor integrating alternative modalities, and I really believe that part of the solution certainly is doing an anti-inflammatory Prevacox, Stephanie mentioned, is a very good one. So I would definitely continue to incorporate that. 
um, it reduces inflammation, makes makes the puppy feel better, and uh, you know can calm things down until sort of the wave passes. But dietarily, we have to be very careful with these guys because we don't want them growing too fast. We sort of need to rein that in a little bit. It's part of why they get this problem. So in people, we're well familiar with the term growing pains, and I think it comes from stuff like this that happens to us. Now, when I was a teenager growing rapidly, um, I, I was diagnosed with a growth plate disorder called Osgood-Slaughter's disease, which uh, I had really, you know, pretty pretty bad in my left knee, and um, it was a growth plate problem, so I could sort of identify with how these people, these these puppies feel. Um, it can be quite painful, and that actually can make the whole extremity hurt. And um, you know, the the bottom line is that what what you need to do is rein in some of that rapid growth. And so, what we're recommending for some, these puppies is, as soon as you start to see signs of this, you want to take them off of puppy food, and you want to put them on an adult food because puppy food is meant for rapid growth cycle. It's got fats, proteins, lots of calories. Um, things that are there to facilitate rapid growth. But with these dogs where the rapid growth is too much for its musculoskeletal system to handle, you want to rein that in a little bit. So that's the first step is, you know, a good quality adult diet. Uh, I would continue the Prevacox as needed. Now, Stephanie's question is, would, would acupuncture help? Absolutely. I think that during these inflammatory episodes, a good uh course of acupuncture would be very beneficial. I think that perhaps keeping this puppy on a weekly course of acupuncture would be, you know, part of my strategy moving forward. I would also think about integrating some therapy laser. Not all alternative stuff necessarily is Eastern medicine. Of course, I love Eastern medicine. I'm a big fan of acupuncture. Just got to, you know, listen to my previous broadcast to know that. But um, alternative also is alternative in, in terms of not mainstream and therapy laser even though it's high tech is a, a really nice thing you could do for these puppies as well so i would think about integrating some therapy lasers some acupuncture and that what what that may enable you to do is maybe have you be able to scale back the dose of the prevacox perhaps you can maybe have that dose or maybe you won't have to use it at all in some cases so absolutely big fan of alternative medicine integration here the other thing I would think about is starting this puppy on omega-3 fatty acid supplementation like yesterday, like a good quality pharmaceutical-grade omega-3 fatty acid supplementation. Omega-3s are derived from fish oils, but as I talked about, you want a good quality omega-3 because that poor quality ones that are not processed the right way, and there's too many of those out there for comfort, they, th those will tend to convert to omega-6 and omega-9, which are actually pro-inflammatory fatty acids. We want omega-3. We don't want omega-6 or omega-9. So, you know, I would start that on board immediately. Nordic Naturals is a great brand. You can go to nordicnaturals.com. I don't get a check for saying that, trust me. Um, but I just know they're, they're a nice pharmaceutical-grade ones that you can get over the counter. But I'm sure your veterinarian also has a few good options for you as well, three V caps, derm caps that we have in the industry. Really good question, Stephanie. Thank you for sharing, and best of luck with your Rottweiler puppy. Fairly common, nothing to worry about terribly. Typically, they reach adulthood with usually by 18 to 24 months. They're going to outgrow this thing, and, you know, every, everything should be fine. But uh, it's just this initial part that can be difficult. So uh, we have one more email question to go over, but um, we're going to go on with our topic tonight. 
and we will address the email question before we, we wrap up here. So we're talking about anesthesia-free dentistry, and you're, you know, some some of you may see signs for this all over the place. There's a groomer like literally a block away from my office that is offering. Uh, she calls an anesthesia-free gentle dental, um, and and big great big sign right on a busy corner there, and it's just very very upsetting to me. <laughs> and I, and it, let, let me explain why. It's not because she's taking business for you. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the poor service that she's offering these people. So what's going on here? <clears throat> Basically, what the, the, the non-licensed people are the ones offering this service because the bottom line, if you, if you do dentistry the right way, if you do veterinary dentistry the right way, there's really virtually no way to do it correctly and thoroughly without general anesthesia. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, what we have to do is we're using an ultrasonic scaler to scale the teeth, get all that tartar and calculus off. Sometimes we're having to go really, really far underneath that gum to get all the calculus that's, you know, getting close to that root, or sometimes we have to do some deep root scaling if the teeth are bad enough or we're trying to save these teeth. Then what we're going to do is go over that with a, a, a high-speed hand polisher with a, a polishing paste. And, and, you know, those of us or those of you who go for dentistry, Regular, on a regular basis, maintenance, cleaning, things of that nature. You're not a stranger to this. This is exactly what they're doing for you. Sometimes they'll use the hand curette to scale your teeth. Sometimes they'll do some ultrasonic. Sometimes they'll do a little of both. Most are doing the hand, uh, high-speed high hand polishing. And, and you're doing all this because when you're scaling the teeth, you put gross scores on the teeth. Now, they're not huge scores, but on a micro level, you know, it's, they're pretty scored up. Uh, after you do the scaling. So what the, the reason you want to do the polishing is what the polish does is if you think of like a rough sandpaper versus a fine sandpaper, so you're sanding a wood surface and you do the rough sandpaper to get out the, you know, the gross um, abnormalities in the wood, just grossly smooth it out, but then to get it more finely smooth, you're going to use the finer sandpaper. Well, that's really what you're doing with the scaling and the polishing. The scaling is more the rough sandpaper. You're really using it to get that calculus off because it's really strong stuff. And then what you're doing is smoothing it over with the polishing. And if you're not doing the polishing, unfortunately, you're leaving these scored teeth and the scores, you know, kind of raising my hands here for those of you watching the, the video, the scores create this matrix that actually make it easier for the bacteria to reestablish colonies and regrow tartar and calculus. So very important that we're polishing those teeth and also scaling them properly. The other thing is that we're going to scale the outside of the teeth. We call that the buckle surface, uh, the surface that, you know, you're going to see right now I'm smiling. You're seeing the buckle surface of my teeth. But we're also going to scale the lingual surface, which is the surface of the teeth facing the tongue that you never see um, unless maybe I do this. <laughs> For those of you listening, you didn't see what I did, but I kind of opened my mouth and tilted my head back so people could see um, – you know, up up into my hard palate. Um, basically, those are the, that's the only time you're going to see the lingual surface of my teeth is I open my mouth like that. Um, and the same goes for dogs for the most part. So what these groomers do, first of all, is number one, they're breaking the law. They are doing a medical procedure without a medical license. And that's illegal in any state that I'm aware of. It's certainly illegal here in my state of Florida. And that person on the corner is breaking the law. 
and they're not, she's not going to get away with it for much longer. Trust me when I tell you that. And nobody should be getting away with it because here's what these people do. They think they know something or maybe they don't know something and they're just trying to get over on people. Um, or maybe they're just plain stupid. Maybe they just don't know that they're doing such a disservice. Maybe they don't know they're breaking the law, never even bothered to find out. Whatever the case, it's a bad, bad thing. To be you know, doing procedures and, and don't have a medical license or really any, any basic uh, medical knowledge of the anatomical area, the organ structure and all that sort of thing, uh, any of the health concerns, things of that nature. So they're, they're number one, breaking the law. Number two, though, what these people are doing is they are kind of banking on the whole perception is reality deal. And the whole perception is reality deal is like, what are they doing? So when they get the dog or cat back there, probably more dogs than cats, but I'm sure it happens with some kitties too. They get them back there and they're scaling the buckle surface of the teeth they're getting, you know, the teeth that are most visible, right? The ones, again, you're looking at me as I smile. And they're scaling those, the canines, the incisors, some of the front premolars. But what they're not getting probably most of the time, because no dog opens up and says, ah, certainly no cats do, they're not getting the very, very back molars, which folks are so far back that even with a patient intubated with a slack jaw under anesthesia, we're kind of really angling to scale those back, back teeth. They are very unlikely getting any of the lingual surfaces of the teeth. So really what they're doing is maybe scaling about, at best, less than 50% of the surface of the teeth, at best. And realistically, it's probably more like 25%. So what does that do? Well, when you come out, or when your dog or your cat comes out from one of these, the owner sees much cleaner teeth because, you know, what does the owner look at all the time? Looks at the, the canines, the incisors, the premolars right, those front premolars, but they're not seeing the back teeth most of the time. I can't tell you how often in an exam room where I will show people the periodontal disease on a dog and they are so surprised, or on a cat, they're so surprised because they never actually see those back teeth and they see the canines, the canines don't look terrible, but I show them those back molars and they're like, oh my lord, it's terrible. Never even saw that because, let's face it, the dog's not showing you that, the cat's not showing you that. It's very difficult to know. So the, the groomers play on that. They, they, they got their little hand scaler and they scale out that tartar. And the dog comes out, the cat comes out, and the owner's like, wow, what a difference. And good, goodness gracious, I'm so happy that I went with you on this because, my, you know, my, my vet gave me like this three to $400 estimate on a dentistry. And the groomer says, oh, you know, that's not necessary. You just come to me for this. But, but here's what's happening. They're missing the teeth like we talked about. So you have major, major periodontal disease still going on. Periodontal disease that's causing ongoing bone loss, possibly chronic pain, suppressing the immune system, and eventually is going to need some serious oral surgery if somebody doesn't catch this at some point. Serious oral surgery to get it right because the prophylaxis, that sort of maintenance treatment that we would like to do from a veterinary standpoint where we're scaling up those teeth really nicely if there's small pockets are going to heal up or maintaining those teeth, you're not really getting maintenance when you're doing this sort of thing. And eventually what's going to happen is it's going to hit your pet like a ton of brick in the form of a pathological jawbone fracture, in the form of a seated infection, maybe of the heart or the kidneys because there's such a high level of bacterial infection in that mouth. You see, what we also do when we're doing these dentistries is we 
after the, the scaling and polishing, we are probing the gums, just like our vet for our vet, our dentist does to us. So what we're doing is we're probing the gums because when there's bacterial infection, very often it can cause separation of the gum tissue from the underlying bone. And pockets of three millimeters, you know, you cure at them real well, get them real clean. Lots of times they'll reattach, but if you have a five millimeter or greater pocket, they're not always going to reattach. So what you need to do is take an x-ray of the tooth and assess the root. Is the root still viable or is it starting to resorb? If the root is viable, great, then you can actually go up and actually scrape the root and curette the root. It's called a deep scaling. I had a deep scaling um, last year because I had some pockets over five millimeters and they numbed my entire mouth to do it. So I will tell you that there's no way a groomer is able to get a deep scaling. She doesn't even know she has to do a deep scaling because she hasn't even, or I'm, I'm saying she, but he also, there's a lot of guy groomers out there. Um, I'm just thinking of the person on the corner. She, right, she definitely is a woman, a woman on my corner, uh, offering the anesthesia free gentle dental. But, um, the bottom line is that they're not even checking for pockets. They don't know what a gingival pocket is so much as check for it. Even if they knew what it was, if they had some veterinary experience, the dog's not going to let them check their pockets. You have to actually take a probe and, and, and really carefully measure these pockets. And we're measuring in millimeters. Millimeters are tiny. There is 10 millimeters and one centimeter. You know, these are really, really small units of measure. Um, so, so if the root is viable, we're going to scale that root, something that you can never do if the patient's not under. And if the root isn't viable, so we're seeing resorptive lesions, guess what? we got to extract that tooth. There's no rescuing that tooth. It's already causing chronic pain. It's causing ongoing bone loss. There's chronic infection too deep that, that you know we're not going to be able to, to, to deal with it because it's already decaying bone on a much deeper level than we can actually see. So those teeth have to be extracted. And, of course, Extractions or oral surgery, and there's no way you're extracting teeth without general anesthesia. So you can sort of see why, you know, these people just aren't doing it right. But but at the same time, too many owners are, are duped into thinking that they are doing it right because of the fact that the dog comes out and, yeah, those canines look a lot cleaner than they were. Um, the breath might even be slightly better but they're not seeing the lingual surfaces of those teeth. They're not seeing the back teeth. And so there's all kinds of pathology still going on. It's a wrong thing to do. So I'm going to just kind of warn everybody out there tonight. If you see anesthesia-free gentle dental, don't go for it. Um, most likely it's a person who's not licensed to do this sort of thing. In fact, even a certified veterinary technician, which is the equivalent of an RN on the human side, and uh, and a, and a on-the-job trained veterinary technician, even of 10 years plus, no matter how long they've been doing it, they are not allowed to perform dentistry without a licensed veterinarian supervising being in the building. So, you know, you have a groomery offering gentle dental. They are breaking the law. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, though, they're doing something they're not qualified to do, folks. And even if they've had previous experience, maybe they've been a CVT, maybe they've been a veterinary technician in the past. There's no way they can do it right without general anesthesia. There's, it's virtually impossible. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure somebody's going to come up with some example. 
somewhere where there's this amazing cat or this amazing dog that just sits there, you know, while you scale the teeth and probe the pockets and all that sort of thing. But what if they need extraction? How about taking an x-ray? When we have our x-ray plates that we, you know, put in the mouth to take an x-ray of a suspect tooth, those x-ray plates, I know the one I have, cost $8,000. The x-ray machine itself is 3000 but the plate that actually captures the image that's actually going in the mouth, $8,000, okay? If the dog bites down on that, cat bites down on that, it ruins the plate. You're out $8,000. So I don't, I, I can't conceive of anybody risking an $8,000 plate, sticking it in an awake dog or cat's mouth that even the best, best, best of patients are going to just naturally want to bite down when you stick things in their mouth. So dental x-rays aren't being done. Proper probing isn't being done. It's just a bad, bad, bad scenario. And I want to tell you that it is complete fraudulent, a completely fraudulent situation. So avoid it. It's one of those things where, you know, in life we, we sit back and we think things are you know, something that seems too good to be true usually is. This is one of those things. It's too good to be true, and it is not true. So you're doing your pet a disservice, and I just want to be clear on that. Before I get into my next email question, I just want to remind you, this is a live call-in show. Give me a call. Pick up your phone. It's toll-free. Toll if you've got anything to say about this, maybe you've had gentle dental and you disagree with me. Um, I doubt I'm going to hear that call at all, but Call me about anything, 877-878-1435, 1-877-878-1435. Please do give me a call. For those of you watching at blogtv.com, that number is posted in the title of the chat. Next question we're going to get into by email is sent in by Elizabeth from Baltimore, Maryland. And this is her question. Dr. Roger, as a longtime listener and someone who really respects your opinion, I have a new Labrador Retriever puppy and want to know the best diet to feed him. Thanks so much for what you do. It is my pleasure, Elizabeth, and thank you so much for sending us an email to uh, discuss your Labrador puppy. So what, what's my favorite diet? Um, you're always going to hear a lot of opinions about this, but from veterinarians, you're going to overwhelmingly hear this one. Science diet, healthy, advantage. Uh, Healthy Advantage is actually a veterinarian-exclusive diet. I talked about it. If you go back in a few of my episodes, and you know, if you are a long-time listener, you um, probably caught the episode uh, Disease Preventive Nutrition. In that particular episode, I'm actually talking about this particular diet because science diet First of all, the Hills Corporation that makes the line science diet, Hills Corporation is one of the, if not the best pet food companies in the world. And if you see their facility in Kansas um, where they're manufacturing the pet foods, where they're doing the ongoing research, they have veterinarians, biochemists, they have nutritionists, I mean all kinds of professionals involved in creating these diets, formulating these diets, making them not just what we need them to be, because Hill does a lot of disease-specific nutrition, kidney failure diets, liver failure diets, heart failure diets, um, cognitive dysfunction diets, you name it. I mean, they have a lot of disease-specific nutrition. They have to both they have to toe that fine line of doing what we need them to do, but also be tasty and palatable and for the, for the pets to want to eat them. And that's especially challenging when it comes to our kitty cats and some of the little dogs 
that we see that can be a bit finicky. <clears throat> so what they do is they put this all together, and then they have to undergo all kinds of feeding trials. So that's what a lot, so many pet food companies are not doing is feeding trials. So what, what do the feeding trials tell us? Number one, do the overwhelming population of the feeding trials like them? Number two, do the biochemical aspects of the diet in terms of disease management, uh, nutritional standards, coat quality, skin and coat quality, um, the, the various things that we're trying to enhance through diet, are they working? Um, all of these things Hills is doing on a regular basis. So it's a phenomenal company, feeding trials, great research, veterinarians involved, uh, board-certified nutritionists, great stuff, okay? So they came out with this line of diet recently called Science Diet Healthy Advantage. It's not a disease-specific nutrition. It's actually a disease-preventive nutrition. And th that episode, you know, not to, to rehash the whole episode, but essentially what we're dealing with is what they did was with this diet, they thought of the the five most common things that go wrong with dogs and the five most common things that go wrong with cats. And, you know, disease-wise, what are the five most common things they are seen for at the veterinarian throughout the course of their lives? Um, in the case of dogs, I'm just refreshing my memory. That was a few episodes ago. Um, we're talking skin and hair coat quality. We see a lot of skin and hair coat problems. We have you know, ear infections that go along with skin and hair coat. Um, you know, allergies. Uh, so we, we also see just infections, period. So we want immune system support, things that are going to enhance the immune system, antioxidants, things, things of that nature. Um, in dogs, we see as they hit middle age, especially our larger breed dogs, we see osteoarthritis. So we want something that's going to support the joints. Um, in the case of dogs, we also see a lot of GI problems, GI disease. So we also want to support the GI system by providing a good mix of fiber by making a, uh, a particular diet very absorbable. Um, and what's the fifth thing? Um, can't think of it offhand, but um, there, there is a fifth thing, I promise you. The fifth thing in cats is urinary tract. So, you know, that we know cats and their urinary tract. So um, what we're looking at is a disease that is formulated to prevent disease. And so you know, being in practice every day and understanding that I um, I see these things on a regular basis, you know, very commonly, I'm going to be very attracted to a diet that's going to help prevent these things. Now, it is better than exclusive. They're not going to sell it in like PetSmart, Petco, places like that, any retail pet stores, and you're not going to be able to get it online. It is better than exclusive because they want the relationship with the veterinarian um, in terms of you, the veterinarian talking about the diet with you, not just reading it off of a bag, being engaged in every aspect of the pet's care, including its nutrition. So it is veterinarian exclusive. And I know some of the cynics out there are thinking, well, of course the veterinarian is going to uh, promote this particular diet because you can only buy it through them. Well, that's all good and well, and that's, that's true. But trust me, we don't make a good margin on, on pet food. In fact, most veterinarians are trying to scale down their inventory on pet food as much as possible. What I'm looking to do is get my pets on the best possible diet. And the diet is so good that there is a company called True Panion that uh, True Panion is a pet insurance company. And this pet insurance company, you know, let's, let's face it, you know, True Panion seems to be a pretty good company, but they are in the business of making money. They are in the business of charging as much premium as they can get, you know, to get your, your pets covered as much as you're willing to pay. They offer a discount 
significant discount for pets that are fed uh, science diet, healthy advantage diet. But they're not just going to take your word for it. They're going to want you to fax them on a monthly basis, invoices uh, from your veterinarian uh, of the purchase of the pet food to prove it. So that's probably part of another another strategy there is to um, be able to quantify and maybe um, prove, I guess, that the, the, the pets are actually on these diets by getting that invoice from the veterinarian, at least this particular insurance company. So if they're going to lower premiums, if your pet is on a certain diet, I mean, that says a lot for a diet. So anyway, long story short, or short story long, I guess, Elizabeth, my suggestion would be the large breed formulation uh, of a of healthy advantage or science side healthy advantage puppy, large breed puppy. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your attention. As always, I appreciate it. Watch out for these shysters trying to um, offer you something that's too good to be true. Stay away from anesthesia free, gentle dental, um, especially if it's being touted by some groomer who likely has no medical license to do it, veterinary supervision, anything like that. Um, and feel free to report these people to the veterinary state board of your state because they're doing the pets a disservice. In the long run, they're hurting pets. They make you happy for a little while, but in the end, they're hurting your pet, and don't forget that. Have a great night. I will see you next week. For those of you who listen to me, not watch me, I will chat with you next week. Take care now. Have a great night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.